Welcome to The Pestle, reviewing and breaking down the movies to look for insights into the movie-making process. Hosted by Todd, who completes Wes. Let's dim the lights and start the show. Today's, today's show is sponsored by the Nimbus 2000. For all your flying needs, don't forget, nothing beats a Nimbus. Except the 3000. Except the 3000 when it gets here. Mm-hmm. And so, my name is Wes. I'm an actor, I'm a writer, I'm a filmmaker. And sitting across from me is the illustrious Todd. Hello, Wes. What do you do, Todd? I do many things. Many things. I'm an actor, an editor, and all-around decent human being. Uh, uh, Father, uh, athlete, and uh, musician. Yeah. Wow. A few things. I don't feel hollow and empty inside (laughs) (laughs) at all. That was definitely not my intention. (laughs) And so, welcome to The Pestle, um, the show about movies. We like to do a deep dive into a specific film and... One of the things we try to do is stick to the point and limit the off topic uh, or the filler and make sure that we're we're staying on point because we just don't really, I don't really like listening to shows that gets too off topic. That said, today we are going to get off topic. Wes, I have a question for you. How do you feel about spoilers? Spoilers, I am very... I have anger feelings about spoilers. I've unfriended people because of posting spoilers on Facebook. And honestly, to the point that I really think spoilers, when someone spoils something for you, they're stealing an experience. I can see that. Whenever you go through something, you watch a movie and you get so excited, you want to talk to someone about it. I get that, right? But what you forget along the way is as you're excitedly discussing something with someone is that you had this amazing experience that by spoiling it for someone else, they're not going to be allowed to have anymore. Now, what constitutes a spoiler to you? Cause like, to me, I feel like a spoiler is more than just, Hey, this is the, this is the crux of the, of the story, or this is the, the, the thing that happens in the end, the twist. Uh, it, it's even a reaction to like, Oh, I just like, I can't wait to see this movie. And someone else is like, Oh, Oh my gosh, I can't wait for you to see, you know, like if they have excitement or they, if they have like, like a, like a look on their face or something that could even be a spoiler, right? I completely agree. Um, I am such a neurotic person with movies <laughs> that That's why we get along. That is exactly why. <laughs> and, and so whenever I say to myself, I say, Oh, I really want to watch this movie. I usually shut myself off from articles, from even more trailers, unless I'm in a theater, because if you're going to watch a trailer, what better place to watch it than in a theater? And so if someone hints or alludes to, oh, yeah, you know, The Matrix, it's about Neo, and and suddenly, like, my skin starts gyrating, and I, <laughs> this vibrant energy comes over me, and I just want to flee. I just want to run away, because... Even to me, if y'all are familiar with the Alamo Draft House, um, they do this thing where in, before your movie starts, they have this whole pre-show where they show related clips. And I don't really even like sitting through the pre-show if it's a movie that has a certain amount of mystery to it, such as um, The Sixth Sense or 10 Cloverfield Lane. There's 
so much you don't know about the movie going in and I want to keep that because by comparing it or drawing all these parallels to it with other films and other clips it starts my mind wondering um instead of going in blind exactly with like a blank canvas then you you have you have something that you're thinking about as you're going through this like like 10 cloverfield lane that's that's a really good one uh you don't really know what is going on but if you're seeing all the clips beforehand it gives you somewhat of a picture of what to i mean you're expecting to see this specific thing Mm mm-hmm at the risk of giving giving a spoiler away right now. Exactly, exactly. So, and I had a bad experience watching that film. I had someone talking through the whole movie, um, but that's a whole other story. Okay. So, gotcha. yeah, that is all to say that today's episode is going to be nothing but spoilers. Spoilers, spoilers. If you don't like spoilers, like Wes, if your skin crawls, uh, you probably shouldn't listen to any of our podcasts, right? That is absolutely I mean, true. Unless yeah. you've already watched the film and you want right. to hear some analysis and general discussion about it. Absolutely. Um, and so if you haven't seen wonder woman, go watch it. Uh, I think you'll have a w- fantastic, ex- a wonderful experience, if you will. Uh, wah, wah, wah. Um, but otherwise maybe wait and then listen to the episode after the fact. Yeah. I like that. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna come at this from two different angles, right? We're gonna come at this, um, uh, Wes. You're gonna come at this more as the 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 filmmaker um, aspect. So all of you filmmakers out there, this is this is what another filmmaker, another cinematographer, director, writer, uh, actor um, uh, feels about this movie, about other movies that we that we're gonna be covering, and and all the the future episodes i would agree with that to the point of i do not call myself a cinematographer i have have so much respect for what you guys do the the people that hire you do that's true Um, true. but then i'll be coming at it from a different angle i'll be coming at it from the um yes i'm i'm in film and and handle I, i work in different aspects of film however when i go watch a movie it is completely not from that space it is from the the space that i lived in most of my life which is just someone who likes movies and when i go to a movie i want to check out right i want i want two hours of of just leave me alone world and let me just be in this space i'm i'm a what you might call easy lay when it comes to films. Uh, <laughs> so two very different points of view here. Very much. My analytical brain never really stops. And if it does, I've gone to this Zen place and mm-hmm. your movie is really doing something uh, terrific as far as I'm concerned. Cool. Awesome. Great. And now wonder woman. All right. Have you never met a man before? What about your father? I had no father. I was brought to life by Zeus. The gods made the Amazons to restore peace to the world. And it's what I'm going to do. Oh, that's neat. All right. Nice. Little piece from the trailer there. Uh, So the synopsis is, uh, so before she was Wonder Woman, she was Diana, princess of the Amazons, trained to be a warrior. When a pilot crashes and tells tells of conflict in the outside world, because this is a, a hidden world, um, that she lives in, uh, she leaves her hidden world, uh, to fight a war, the war to end all wars, discovering her full powers and her true destiny. It's directed by Patty Jenkins, who also directed, uh, the pilot episode of the killing and directed monster. 
excellent movie. Um, in the 2003 hit that gave uh, Charlize Theron uh, an Oscar for Best Actress. Uh, it was written by Alan Heinberg, and the story is by Zack Snyder. And, of course, the ever-glorious Gal Gadot stars as Wonder Woman, and you may know her from the Fast and the Furious series starring Chris Pine uh, from Star Trek and Robin Wright um, from a bajillion different things. <laughs> yeah, she is. Yeah, she's everywhere now. Yeah, at this point, she should be an, an icon. <laughs> yes. She is completely yes. amazing. And so... And Forrest Gump. Something really interesting happened experientially for you and with this movie in general. So let me set the table up for those who need some context. The Alamo Drafthouse is a movie chain that started here in Austin, Texas, where we live, and has grown to be a national chain. It's a theater aimed at the heart of movie lovers and to try to provide the absolute best movie experience. It's not just a movie theater. It's also a restaurant with really good food. They, they kick people out for talking or texting during the movie, which wins my heart every time. <laughs> I think you've done that once or twice. I right? have indeed. Yeah. I know you don't like it. Though. I do not. Um, never maliciously. I usually let it go That's on for I mean. way too long for sure. before I finally write someone up. Um, they have a pre-show, like I said earlier, while you're waiting for the movie to start so that if you're watching, let's say, Transformers, then for the 20 or 30 minutes prior to the showtime, um, then they're showing old Transformers cartoons and funny YouTube clips of robots and satirical Transformers clips. Um, they not only show current movies, but they also show classics and cult classics, whether we're talking about something basic like Casablanca or the three amigos as a quote along and they give you pop guns and you're all, and they kind of cue you into quote along with the movie. Um, they do all kinds of unique events to celebrate movies and movie culture. Now we live in a great age where feminism is on the rise. And I know people have a lot of views about that. Um, at its most basic as a guy, take all this with a grain of salt. <laughs> and in fact, this whole episode with a large grain of salt, um, but fem feminism is the advocacy of women's rights on the basis of the equality of the sexes. That's a, that's according to Google, um, which I think any reasonable, reasonable person would champion. Um, and wonder woman is a great icon, maybe not necessarily the perfect icon for feminism, but a great icon for women to cheer since she kicks all kinds of ass. Um, well, the Alamo Draft House decided to celebrate Wonder Woman and all things female empowering by having a special screening just for women, no boys allowed. An excellent idea. I'm all for it. <laughs> and As am I. Yeah. And anyone who isn't should really not care, right? I mean, no guys were harmed in the making of this event, right? I right. mean, who really cares if someone does a bunch of things without you? Um, yeah. Uh, Anyway, I'm not, I'm not 15 anymore. Right. Well, well, apparently some people did have issues. Some guys right. were up in arms and commented on the draft house's Facebook page. And some even wrote the mayor and in a brilliant retort, the Austin mayor, uh, Steve Adler sent back a letter completely undressing one of these idiots who were outraged by the audacity of a private business having some exclusive event of its choosing. Um, one guy is supposedly <laughs> suing the uh, draft house and you can find links to these articles on our website at the pestle slash wonder woman. 
Um, and so Alamo scheduled another screening because of how quickly the first one sold out. They eventually, I believe, had two screenings and even a theater in New York scheduled a women-only screening. Um, and everyone had a great time and no guys were harmed or humiliated in the process. Except for two. Whoa. Yeah. So uh, let me preface this with saying a couple of things. Uh, the first thing is that I am happily married to a female, to a feminist female. How do we I, know she's a feminist? <clears throat> <laughs> Thank you for the setup, Wes. Um, my wife is currently uh, getting her PhD in medieval literature in at UT. She, she is defending her dissertation in T minus two weeks now. And her whole field of study is basically for lack of, of, you know, education. <laughs> the, the only way I can say it is feminism at relating to the medieval times. She is literally <laughs> She's, about to defend a dissertation on vaginas and medieval literature. Yes. And you How have amazing. read the first 10 pages of her 20, 20 pages of her dissertation. She's I commend incredible. You, good, she is way smarter than me. I, just I, by and, the way, and both of us combined. Yeah. Um, so, so, okay. With that, with that prefaced, um, we also have a couple of kids, so it is not the easiest for us to get out and go see, see movies. We're just, you know, we're anybody who has kids out there understands or is just busy understands. Um, so every now and then I get to go, I can go out with Wes or whomever and go see a film. However, uh, this night I thought, Hey, let's, you know, we had planned to go, uh, see a film. And, uh, I thought, Oh, let's go see wonder woman. Why not? Okay. Uh, well let's go see, or actually we were going to go get a drink and instead we decided let's go see, let's go see a movie. Well, what do you want to see? Oh, wonder woman. Yeah, that sounds great. So went online, tried to find, um, uh, a, a theater near us only go to Alamo. That's, that's only, and it sounds like we're like pushing Alamo. I know. I know they are not not, sponsors yet. However, maybe, maybe in a future episode they might be, but not yet. Um, so, so the only place that, that we found that was kind of early enough to be able to get home kind of early for the babysitter was the seven o'clock showing at the Ritz location, which is downtown in Austin. Um, so we're all excited. We get, we get out, we get there. And when we, when we get there, one thing about Alamo is if you're late, they don't let you in the theater, right? They don't yep. let you in the movie cause you disturb everyone, which I'm totally fine with. So we, we only had six or seven minutes. I let her out of the car to go, in and pick up the tickets that I bought online and I parked the car. So at this point, it's a woman that they see going up and getting the tickets, right? They don't see me. Well, I walk in, I meet her. I get kind of a couple of weird looks, but that's it. Um, she hands me a, my ticket and we both walk up and we walk into the theater and I, and I walk in and immediately there are like 10 women just staring at me, just at me. And I'm thinking, man, do I look good or something? What what's going on? Like, <laughs> uh, so we, we walk in, we walk to our seats and there's a gentleman sitting next to me. So there's another guy in the theater. Well, we're sitting down, not maybe 10 seconds. And a woman comes down and quote unquote, politely asks us to leave. And I, I was on my phone sending a text to the babysitter. So I thought maybe it's cause I'm on my phone, but the movie hadn't started yet. So, uh, I was like, Oh, 
uh, okay, sorry, I'll put this away. And she said, no, this is a, the, the private all or all female screening of this movie. And I was like, Oh my God, was that now? Because it, it, you know, it had been in the, in the, in the news, you know, for weeks, but I never saw, looked at when it was going to be or at what locations or whatever. It just so happened. The only time they were doing it was that time. The only day was that day. And the only location in Austin was the Ritz. And we happened to get the last two seats in the theater. And the only other guy in the whole place was literally sitting next to me, sharing my armrest. And I was like, how is this happening to me? So I thought, okay, yeah, you know, first thing I said was, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Absolutely. Cause I, I support you, you know, I support this. This Mm -hmm. is fantastic. My wife is with me, you know? So we get up and we start to walk out and they start clapping as we're leaving. And I just, I was thinking the worst thing I was, I was thinking they think that I support this a-hole who wrote this horrible, horrible letter to our mayor or this guy who's suing Alamo draft house, like that you were staging a stand in. Yes, exactly. (laughs) This is my coup. Right. And I'm, I'm like, I don't care. I'm going to buy this ticket and go with my wife. Uh, I just wanted to run to the front and say, no, this is not, this is not me. I'm not like this. Uh, so it was, it was a horrible, horrible experience. And, and I think that it is nobody, I mean, I, it was a few faults. I would say, yeah, I would say there was at least a few faults. I mean, I I would say, I would say there was no signage. There was no, cause they always have a sign, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, wonder woman this way, another movie this way. It should have said all women screening. It didn't. And when I went to get my money back for the tickets, they said, oh, you could go back in. I looked at him like, are you crazy? You could not pay me to walk back in there. There's no way. (laughs) Uh, So anyway, we ended up seeing it at a different location that night. We just drove to a different location and saw a later show. But um, it it was it was brutal. Do you think that the woman who came and asked you to leave, was she an employee? No, no, she was a just a regular, a, a, a regular patron <laughs> who of felt said establishment. Like she had to because it was her. It was her job to to make sure there were no men in that room. She I said, guess. "I'm sorry, I'm going to have to ask yes. you." Leave. And then when I asked her, I said, "Okay, well, I mean, can we get our money back at least?" She said, "Oh, I don't know. You're going to have to ask them at at the front." Like, so she wasn't said, willing to vouch quite that far. Right, right. And I said, so I said, wait, do you not work here? She said, no. I'm, oh my, okay. It makes it even worse, I think. Yeah, I mean, those kind of people kind of chat my height. I feel like that's the kind of personality where they just have to interfere. They have to butt in and they want a good story to tell their friends after the fact. They want to be like, yeah, this jerk was in the movie and he knew he wasn't supposed to be there. And I went up to him and I said, you get your <laughs> ass out of here. <laughs> That's pretty much what it felt like. I'm not going to lie. I mean, and she was, I, I, I think she was trying to be kind, but she wasn't trying to be kind. She yeah. was like, you, I think you're right. She wanted the story and she had the fake smiley face on. Oh yes. Nice. It was a fake That's smiley face. Perfect. That's yeah. excellent. And what also gets me too is I guess the, uh, the reaction from the room, right? I mean, that, oh, that is beat it into me. <laughs> Submission. That is Probably my uh this man Oh you were there. Oh they they taped it. Oh I cannot imagine that is 
without knowing it, that is my worst nightmare come to life. I yeah. can't imagine anything worse than that. Being booed by an entire room I know. filled with nothing but women. I know. I, I don't I don't really get embarrassed very often because like I I don't one, I mean, I'm just not in a situation really like I'm an adult. I don't really yeah. get embarrassed anymore. But uh and I do things like, you know, I play I play on stages and stuff, so I, I it doesn't bother me. However, I literally wanted to crawl into a ro- under oh, a rock and die. Um and it affected me to the next day. Uh and maybe even the day after that. I I just uh I mean, that's going to keep you up at night. That's going to for me, yeah. I can I still get kept up at night by stuff that happened 6 months ago yeah. to start yeah. random one-off things that even with you like there's times I've snapped you know sniped you before and I, that keeps me up at night I cannot yeah. imagine 400 women oh, booing man. me oh man out of a theater yeah that's it, showtime at the apollo yes unexpected oh my gosh yes that is a perfect way to say it Oh. Anyway, that was my experience. And then we went and watched it. And uh, you still, after that experience, you were like, you know what? What do you want to do? And you still decided. Yeah, well, I left, it, I left it to my wife. I, I said, okay, well, do you want to go home? Do you want to just go get beer somewhere or something? Or do you want to go see it? And she wanted to see it. So wow. we just found a later showing. And I'm glad we did. Bully um, to you, sir. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you got to get back up on that horse, man. Yeah. Um, uh, I, and I called the and theater. Todd never went into a theater for no, the rest of I, his life. I'm gonna, I called the theater and I said, hey, listen. <laughs> you need to tell me right now if this is going to be a uh, all-women's screening. But no, it was good. It was good. And so I'm glad we saw it because now we her, can talk about this. What was her reaction? What was Jenny's reaction? Then? Uh, she was okay. Yeah. Cause I mean, she, she knew they weren't attacking she her. Wasn't, wasn't about her. They weren't clapping her out of the room. <laughs> it was, awesome. it was. Uh, I know that was for me. Maybe, uh, maybe I can, uh, I can just think that they were clapping the other guy. Yeah, out of the room. Oh, that's true. Because there was true. one other dude, and you knew him. Y'all both. Oh, uh, we were buddies. <laughs> we, yeah, we planned this. We Y'all completely planned. Yeah, there, we we made a Facebook page and uh, Facebook uh, group. That's amazing. Out of all the people in the world. Yeah. I know all the gin joints. Nice. Yeah. So anyway, we well, saw it and I'm glad cause now we can well, talk about it. Yeah. Here. Well, and to commiserate, I'll briefly share with you my most embarrassing moment of my, as far as I can remember when I was about 10 years old, I had my, uh, my brother, my middle brother, Justin, he's two years older than me. He had a birthday party and he really liked at carnivals, the dunking booth. And he said, mom, I want this dunking booth. And she hired a party team or whatever. They brought it out. We had a volleyball set up and it was just a bunch of people over there. Good fun games. Everyone's having a good time. And as a whatever, 10 year old, we were less interested in playing volleyball than using the volleyballs to play dodgeball. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. we were going at it pretty good. And then, uh, this, my, my friend, Matt, um, he's like a year older than me. Um, my mom calls a, lunch is ready. Let's go have, you know, hot dogs, whatever. And so I tell him like, okay, you know, time out, let's go eat. And I sit down, I got, I grab my plate and I sit down, I'm ready about to start eating. And he just clocks me as hard as he can (laughs) with the volleyball. And I'm still a little wet from the, uh, the dunk tank. And so it's the most stinging pain ever. And so I am, immediately like furious i get up i start chasing him and he's he's not an athlete but he's deceptively 
athletic. <laughs> He's <laughs> hard to catch. Those guys. Yeah. And so now everyone's watching as Wes is raging out. Um, and I'm, as I'm chasing him, he ducks beneath, uh, the, the volleyball net and I try to go around and you know, the strings that hold oh, it taut. No. I completely clotheslined myself and it slammed me so hard to the ground. This little 90 pound kid. Oh. And so now everyone is erupting in laughter. Um, and rather than face all of that and start beating everyone, I run into the house. I run into my bedroom. Oh no. Yeah. And so, yeah. And all my friends, everyone's out there and they follow me there. They're all in the hallway and like, and my brother is just having the best time. Oh, he like follow you there. He knocks on my door and I could hear everyone outside just laughing and screaming. Um, and I open the door and I see them all and I'm yelling for them to all get out. Oh my God. It was traumatic. (laughs) It was, it was, it was super like humiliating. I don't think, and I've tried to think of like what else may have happened since then. That's more humiliating. And I would say taking it. And so now I'm in my room. I have a welt in the shape of a volleyball on my back. I have a new welt forming across my chest. Of a string. And I hear everyone taunting me outside. I don't know what they were saying, but I know they weren't calling me Wonder Woman. Yeah, no, this wasn't. This was, You weren't superhuman at the I time. I was not, no. Oh, my so, God. It was brutal, dude. It was, it was excellent. And I so I don't know. I think maybe it's for me anyway, healthy to have just, I don't know, be knocked down a peg or two once or twice in your life. I don't think you yeah. needed it. I mean, you're, no, you're a grown ass man, but, uh, it'll, it kept my, from then on, I don't think I've really ever raged again because I just remember how much of a fool I made of myself yeah. while doing this. Yeah. And you know, it's better to control yourself and it's better to, to figure it out and with your words, solve problems a, with your words. <laughs> there's a time and a place. I'm sure yeah. there's, there's a, a movie so bad. At one point that we're just going to rage the entire, the entire, uh, uh, and we'll finally get kicked out of an Alamo draft house. Oh man. I don't even want to think about that. Yeah. I don't either. That sounds, that's a good story. I like that. And so with that, let's talk about (laughs) the review. Now keep in mind, once again, these are two guys that are about to review, uh, Wonder Woman. Um, and on top of that, we're not comic book nerds. We don't really understand all the backstory and, what makes Wonder Woman great and all the beautiful things that some of you people probably know. And so we're only taking this at face value as a movie. Everything we need to know should be included within the movie. Right. Um, so Todd, what did you think overall? Um, well, um, I will say that I went into this movie looking for a, a expecting it to be a woman empowering film. You know, um, it's it's Wonder Woman and and all of the the hype and, and the lead up to it um, uh, was great. The the trailers looked awesome. The um, uh, the all woman screening was awesome. Um, that that whole thing. Uh, but what I really got out of it was not that at all. Uh, I got out of it a we're going to tell the story of Wonder Woman. Uh, in in the exact way maybe that the comic books were going to portray her and we're not going to modernize it um and by modernize i mean you know there has been 
the feminist movement has exploded in the last 30 years. This is an older story. And back when this was written, feminism looked very different. Um, and when you watch this movie, there's so, there's so many things, I, I can't really go into all of them, that make it a, not a feminist film. Yes, you have Gal Gadot, who is a badass, and she, like, they casted correctly for this role. Uh, she is amazing. There are some scenes where I am want to jump out of my seat because I'm like, man, this chick kicks major ass. And then they, they do things like leaning so heavily on effects and, and leaning more on on spoiler alert, a, the, the male counterpart of this, um, when, uh, I mean, in the end, I would argue, um, uh, that Chris Pine is actually the hero, um, in many ways of this film, um, as opposed to gal, even though it is a, and who knows, it might be a setup for another film Mm -hmm. and, and, and that film might be more of a feminist film, but I just, there were, there were so many things her, when she, can I name a few? Yeah. Yeah. Let's just name a few. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, when she first comes back, comes into the, the real world from her, from her hidden world, uh, uh, she gets to London and the first thing that happens is that she sees a woman on the street with a baby and ogles over the baby. That would never happen with Superman or Batman or or any other male hero, um, but with, because it's a heroine, she's going to ogle over a baby. Doesn't make any sense, uh, especially if it's a feminist film. Um, uh, at the end, Chris Pine dies for the world, like for mm-hmm. for it saves hundreds of thousands of people by dying, and yet she's alive and she, you know, she's awesome and she kicks butt but but like you know like he's he's the one that sacrifices his life to save a bunch of people um and she has a lot she has so many lines in there too like there's one line where she says now i real like something to the effect of now i realize this was this was for love or or something like that and it was like so cheesy that it was just out of out of the blue like they didn't need that line they did not need her to say that and she said it, um, maybe because she's female. I don't know, and and f- that's more of a, a feminist, feminine, feminine thing to say at that moment. But um, there were just so, so many different avenues that made me think that it wasn't a uh, what it was supposed to be in terms of a feminist film. I got you. So overall, my my impression was I wasn't a big fan of Batman versus Superman. I thought it was just. No, I'm not going to go into it, but I didn't like Batman versus Superman. And what I did like about Wonder Woman was that it had a much stronger through line. You understood the everything that was happening and why it was happening, and it was all building. It was all leading you someplace. It was just much more cohesive of a film, um, and it, in that it settles in rather than is constantly jumping around storylines and uh, kind of scrambling your brain along the way. And that's also kind of to touch on this for a second i think dawn of justice is probably going to be hot garbage like i don't think they've figured out how to tell a strong cohesive story although i did like wonder woman i enjoyed it i had had a lot of fun i still had so many issues and for me if i could edit it down i would probably make uh one that i would want to watch again but as it stands i probably will see it maybe one more time in my life Mm -hmm. um but it's not something that i really look forward to seeing again um and it's just generally enjoyable. And like you said before, Gal Gadot 
kicks all kinds of serious ass. And I mean, all the Amazonian women do. Um, and everyone gives you a good performance. Chris Pine uh, is excellent. Gal Gadot is excellent. Um, Ewan Bremner was great. Mm. He's the, uh, the redheaded yeah. uh, yep. sniper. Yep. And I really loved what they did with his character and, um, and the way that they were kind of tying him together with Gal Gadot. And she helped redeem him. She helped bring out the best in him, the best warrior in him. Yeah. Um, and she did that for all the guys around her. So mm-hmm. that's one of the cool things about the feminist message is in this film, as far as it is a mixed bag. Uh, and I agree with a lot of what you're saying and there's taking place in world war one, you're walking into this environment, but Gal Gadot is apart from that. She's not a part of the world. She's right. not walking in. And I understand the, the idea that, Oh, there's a baby. Ooh. Uh, and, and as a feminist, it's not like you have to deny your maternal instincts um, or, or any part of that. Same thing with, I really hated the, the fashion, you know, dress up oh my sequence. Yeah. I thought that was just so cliche and so derivative. And, uh, and it's fine if you want to create one of those scenes, but it's, it's not funny. And I don't think it really helped propel her character forward in the, in the smoothest way possible. You have a two hour and 20 minute movie. And I think, uh, if you want to create those moments and have those moments for levity, then there's a much stronger way to do it. And, and if you're going to have comedy in general, and this is one of the things I want to talk about is it's comedy. And there was a research study I read, a, I don't know, a year or two ago. And they said that at the root of laughter is surprise. And they categor- categorize it across the board. All laughter comes as a result of surprise. Um, and whenever you're watching the scene, there are no surprises. Yeah. There's nothing surprising. You know what you're getting going in and you get exactly that. And then you get out and you end up finding out, yeah, dresses aren't for her. And she's more suited to dress like a man than, than any other man um, is currently doing. And you can see Chris Pine's freaking out because he's a product of his time, even though she is not. Um, and so those are interesting points to bring up, but I just think there's a, a more clever way to do it. And there's a more, um, honest way to keep in, in mind the feminist message. Um, and so those are definitely one of the things I, there are some other symbolisms that I thought were really cool. Um, because I mean, it's amazing that this movie's coming out and you have Little girls, 12 year old girls going to this movie and crying because they're so happy that there's a strong right, right. female superhero mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who is taking lead. She's kicking ass and nobody can touch her, right? Because yeah. even the, the best scene in the whole movie is her taking Veld and she goes mm-hmm. and where, and they get way too on the nose. This is no man's land. Well, we need to go. You don't understand. No man can go there. And I just have this Lord of the Rings image. Well, I am no man. (laughs) (laughs) It's just way too on the nose. Yeah. Um, Because we get the idea that she's already a woman on the front line. Right. We don't really need to press that any further and just watching. And I think that's what writers sometimes forget that you don't need to say everything. You can watch it happen and trust yourself to have set up everything along the way. Mm -hmm. And now when we're watching this thing happen, we can see the reactions to the characters around her and she rallies the whole battlefield. And not only that, 
she storms the other trenches and she takes back the town and all that action sequence is amazing yeah it's the effects are great um i thought the use of slow motion was a little erratic but it still worked it was still beautiful shots and she is ripping through everybody like a tornado yeah and i am in my seat just ready to jump and start shouting and i'm like this is the way action should be this is uh this is a great fight sequence and um it's well put together well choreographed i think my our buddy aaron would just be like out of his mind i'm sure he's just crazy about it he's a fight choreographer and he lives for those moments so i would say so i have a i have a daughter a one-year-old daughter and i would love her to see this movie and and that when she gets a little older and and think and just to see like a badass woman kicking kicking butt i still though um uh, I still though feel that that in that let's just use that scene in particular where mm-hmm. she she takes Veld, um, you know crosses no man's land. <clears throat> there was not a hair out of place the entire time. She had no mud on her. She was not dirty ever. Even at the end when the the top of the building fell on top of her, nothing. And yeah, I get it. She's a god, but gods can get dirty. They, even if they don't get cut you know, or broken bones or something Mm -hmm. that kind of, kind of bothered me. Um, because even it, even let's, let's relate it back. And we talked about this earlier. Let's relate it back to, to, uh, the first newest Superman, right? Yeah. When you saw that trailer, um, you thought, Oh my gosh, this is going to be a raw, real superhero movie. This is going to be awesome. And it didn't turn out quite that way but the first 15 20 minutes were pretty raw and he was dirty mm-hmm. and he was he had a beard and you know even the new the new logan he has a beard and he's older and he's he's just like gritty and mm-hmm. like like i don't need her to be like that right but i need it to be a little bit more touchable you know what i mean yeah. a little bit more like 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 my little girl can be strong like that you know, she doesn't have to be jumping over buildings and stuff and like, you know, taking over no man's land, but to see a strong woman get dirty, you know, and defeat, you know, evil. Like I, I wanted to see that a little bit more and I, I didn't see that. In fact, uh, I kind of got lost in Chris Pine's eyes a couple of times. <laughs> They're just beautiful human beings. And, but he was dirty a few times yeah. too. And I just, I wanted to see a little bit of that from her. Yeah. And I feel like that's also a, uh, an issue with comic book movies in general and maybe just family friendly movies. Yeah. Whenever you're so busy selling a product, you forget to portray some of this realism and it stinks because it removes like exactly what you're talking about. It removes some of that relatability. And, and in doing that, you, you lose all the, the empathy that we're building for your character, or at least you don't build on it. Um, because it's important to, to identify and relate and to go through it. And whenever you're seeing someone, dirty and for for what they believe in and for going to war it's a it's a messy process and you're undercutting your or at least underserving your message mm. a little bit more when you're doing that yeah and and i will end what i my little review with i liked it yeah i, st- I still enjoyed the film um i checked out for a couple of hours and and you know it's good decompressing and talking about <laughs> the details and stuff um so i had my issues with it but i still you know, did enjoy the, the two and a half hours that it, that I was in there with, with my wife. That's awesome. So, yeah. Um, and going back to the visual effects, 
there's I get really frustrated with comic book movies and big spectacle movies in general. There's just a lack of grounding your effects. Um, there's nothing like watching someone pick up a tank and, <laughs> and suddenly the laws of physics completely collapse. Right. Like the same thing with Superman stopping and catching a plane. Like the the plane itself, the nose cannot bear that weight in that way. Yeah. Your hand cannot find enough grippage yeah, yeah, <laughs> in right. order to make these things happen. Yeah, it I, would crack in half. It would crack. Uh, your the the fuselage would come off a little bit, whatever. Oh, yeah. Like sure. none of this makes any realm of sense. And so I get that's always a, a point of the whole idea behind movies is the suspension of disbelief. Mm-hmm. You want to get people out of thinking this is a movie. You want to get them into it and say, Oh, this is a, a really amazing movie. Oh, look what that person just did. She picked up a tank. And, and in order to do that, I think you need to ground it and, and hide some of these effects a little bit better. I think of David Fincher who believes it or not does not use blood in his films. He does not, film with blood really and so all those that's an that's a post visual effect that's huh and so there's a difference between visual effects and special effects special effects are the things that happen what we call in camera what the camera is seeing as you're recording it in camera effects special effects it could be a stuntman you know flying 50 feet away through with, with those wires that you see right uh, that that they attach to a stuntman and and then it could be an explosion in the background, fire going off. Um, it could be blood on the scene. If someone gets shot and you had these squibs in the chest that explodes uh, off of mm-hmm. someone, those are all special effects. Visual effects happen in post. Mm. These are things that you hear CGI, computer-generated gen- images. These are all things that you're doing with computers to enhance a scene. And Fincher, and there's a great essay on this. I'll post it in the links uh, in the in the show notes on our on our website. Um, he doesn't like doing it because it's messy. You can't get as many takes. You can't reset as fast. And yeah. suddenly, instead of man, and he likes to get a lot of takes. Um, yeah, and instead, right. yeah, he's I've famous heard. for that. Um, and instead of doing that, now suddenly you're cleaning up blood. You're doing makeup all over again. You're getting new clothes. You're redoing their makeup and their hair. And so he says, forget that. I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm just going to trust my effects house to do this and they'll sell it. Um, But it also allows you to do really cool things with blood because now if there's a gash in your head, you can make that an active gash. It's no longer just this makeup that's kind of been dribbled. You can actually make it pulse and you can make it do cool things. Yeah. yeah. Um, And and because you don't expect that to be the case, you buy into that reality. And it's just a well-done effect, but it's also an unexpected effect. Mm-hmm. And just similarly, he does not shoot uh, practically very often in terms of in a house, he's going to green screen the windows. And to so put, to put whatever he wants in there, put whatever he wants. And so it might even still be the same exact house that he's shooting on set. It's probably not. He's usually using sound stages um, and recreating these houses on so he can control all the lighting. And he's just a master of his craft. He knows exactly what he wants out of every scene, every shot. Um, and so 
in all these unobvious ways, he's using effects uh, to help ground you into the world. All of his car scenes are shot in a studio and green screening, all that stuff. And then he's inserting all these reflections onto the glass and he's doing all these interesting things that allow him to control his image in the best way possible in order to immerse you into his world. And in a similar way, Christopher Nolan likes practical effects. He likes things in camera happening on set. If he's going to blow something up, he prefers it to be a miniature. He'll create these miniatures that are huge. It's, you know, quote unquote miniatures because he wants to in the dark night or uh, inception blow up, you know, this house on the side of a mountain or whatever. Um, and he builds that house to scale. So it might be a 40 foot house still, but it's, uh, or whatever. That's probably not accurate, but you get the idea. Get it. And right. so it's a model. Yeah. And whenever I'm watching a film like wonder woman and these effects start looking cartoony, cause you have, have planes flying sideways through the air. My thought is you could have done half of this in camera. Even if you don't fly the cam- the, the plane through this, you could have easily shoot the plane, build the plane, shoot the plane, um, get some of this wind, get sell the scene a little bit more instead of saying, oh, we're going to throw it to the visual effects house. And in order to do that, you have to understand what you're going to be making. And I think a lot of what these guys do is they say, we're going to punt. We're, we're ready to go into principal photography. We're going to wait until post in order to figure this stuff out. And mm-hmm. it ends up meaning that you're not giving your actors enough to, to play against to for them to look and they're, they're playing pretend you need to give your actors as much uh, grounding as you possibly can in order to invoke the best reaction and the best performances. Um, and Wonder Woman largely does not do that. I would say it's kind of split down the middle. You have these big one, wondrous effects, crazy explosions and her flying through the air. And a lot of that is you're not buying into it. I saw her pick up the tank and I said, uh, and I rolled my eyes. I'm like, please cut to a close up so that I can get back into this movie because mm-hmm. I don't look forward to being pulled out. Um, and granted, I, I do look at movies a little bit differently, but I think even the casual moviegoer is so good at this point where we can spot that stuff and we, we say, Oh, this is fake. Oh, we can. And we're just saying, okay, I'm going to go along with you anyway, but it's so much better and it's so much, uh, more immersive when you don't have to do that. And whereas, you look at that Veld sequence, um, whether it's her running through the field or the uh, man, I don't know how they did the shield taking all those bullets when she's hiding behind it. But that is it incredible. Amazing. It was the best best scene in the movie. Excellent because the, the shield is reactive um, and you can see her reacting to the to the punches and it makes her look even half human. Exactly. You know, like, like she's really trying she's to really fend off the bullets. Yeah. Absolutely. And then it, it, when she's, uh, kicking everyone's ass in those rooms and she's sliding across the floor, that's really her doing those things. They're using cables and they're pulling her across the floor. And it looks amazing because she's, she's super talented. And I understand that she has a military background. And so why not use all of those capabilities that she already has? And she completely decimates everybody and I'm rooting and I'm there right there with her cheering her on because I'm sold. Mm-hmm. I'm in the moment Yeah, and it matters. Yeah. Excellent. And, yeah. And so visual effects, I think they could have stepped up way more maybe with either forethought or just figuring out how can we sell this 
practically speaking, and yeah. then enhance it with visual yeah. effects later. Yeah. And so with that, I probably want to go back to the feminism a little bit because I think there's some interesting moments in the film itself. Uh, her, I don't really know Wonder Woman. So the rope was all a surprise to me. I didn't, I still don't completely understand the function of the rope. Is it just hot? And therefore as a torture device, is that how she was getting Chris Pine to tell the truth? I think that's, it's, it makes the, it makes you tell the truth. It's it, not because it's just hot. It it, okay. it it probably is hot, but it's it's more like a, a truth serum. Okay, so it's compelling you, and if you resist, it becomes more painful. Yes, exactly. I gotcha. Um, okay, that's her main weapon. Yeah, she has her shield, but it's to the lasso. That's pretty cool. I thought there was a couple cool things throughout, and if I had a little more time, I probably would have put together like a list of my top twenty amazing kick-ass feminist mm. symbols in this. Mm. Um, it's a long list. It's a very long list. It's a much longer list than I would have had. <laughs> it's, it's good. It's good. And I thought it was interesting, not being familiar. I don't really understand Wonder Woman and some of these tools that she has. Um, at the end, Ares blasts all his power and she absorbs it all. And then she destroys him with his own power. And I thought that was a pretty strong feminist symbol. Um, because you have this man who's representing literally the God of war and right. all things, I guess, evil and, and destructive. Um, and then you have a woman who has been brought up in the ways of war herself. She was trained, um, even though that's a whole confusing message on its own, but, um, she was trained as a kick-ass warrior and the best of her, uh, Island, and her homeland but at the same time i i think that's an amazing symbolic thing that happens you have this woman who uses war as a means for peace uh who destroys a man and his thirst for war with his own abilities with his own reflects everything right back at him um and in essence you're saying that she is a mirror to himself in a very, uh, a very Medusa-like way, right? Being that mirror, she holds it up to him, and therefore he's, he's destroyed by his own uh, power. Um, but I'm a, <laughs> visually, I was just underwhelmed. I, I expected something a little bit more clever whenever I'm watching uh, these big action movies. And even though the symbolism is thick with a lot of great ideas, I was just super underwhelmed by that kind of conclusion. And then I also liked going back to the positive. I really like her interaction with Chris Pine most of the time um, because you have this guy who's kind of dragging her around everywhere um, and she's trying to tell him who she is and he doesn't believe her. He keeps not believing in her and trusting her word. And it isn't until she finally proves it, and he should have. There was no reason for him to have ever doubted her. He washed up on her island. Oh, yeah. She saved his life, mm -hmm. and she heard about the struggle that was going on worldwide, and she chose to abandon her home and to help him in his world because she, she had a very strong moral compass, um, and that's a great message. And I loved that she... She she made that team happen. She pulled everyone together, and they rallied around her. And it stopped becoming about the money, and which is a hard 
aspect of mercenaries, right? Mm-hmm. These guys are motivated right. only by the dollar. Right. Um, and they all followed her to certain death. Um, even though I think Chris Pine is the only one that dies, right. which by the way, I don't really understand why he had to die. Um, okay. The, the plane is on a timer. It was going to be enough time. I would guess to get to a whole other country and to kill a bunch of people. Um, Right. I would assume you have at least an hour to land that thing and, and to yeah. disarm it or at least let her go in and destroy it after she's finished wiping up the floor with Ares. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't I mean, understand why you had to die. I just felt like we're going to create a, a, a dramatic situation out of nothing. Well, so the plane was leaving and she couldn't leave Ares, right? She had right. to fight Ares. She definitely had to stay on so top of that. So he had to do that right because then he had to blow it up but then i was i was also thinking i thought he was going to maybe fly it into the ocean i would have been but he blew it up and it's gas yeah i don't mm. i thought that was the point i thought that was what was gonna well i thought that was what i thought that was like what they were trying to prevent which was blowing it up right Mm. i don't know i guess maybe Maybe you need to see it like three more times that's a really good point When he blew it up, I was thinking, why is he blowing it up? I thought it was on a timer to blow up. Yeah, if someone wants to drop us a comment and that explain would be nice. the necessity of killing off Chris Pine, I would appreciate it. Yeah. But there was one interesting thing that they did with that scene, which was I've never seen a – well, only once that I can think of. Have I ever seen a flashback within a scene flashing back to itself? <laughs> because, yeah. Because – we see them interacting and they're talking and the wind is loud and we can't hear what's going on. But then later as I guess he died, he's dying. They flash back to reveal the dramatic need for him to do it and for her to stay. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Because she's so important, which she is, and he is totally expendable. I would just think there's a better way to expend. Uh, him. I'm sure my wife would think differently. Uh, maybe so. Yeah. And so the, I thought that was an interesting technique. And the only time I've ever off the top of my head seen someone flash back to a scene in the middle of itself was is either going to be like Sherlock Holmes. Uh, oh, right. Or the other time uh, now that I think about it is uh, the last samurai uh, there's after this fight, Tom Cruise's character um, w- slows everything down in his head and replays everything that happened. Mm. Um, and, that's a really cool effect there. I'm not sure it was as effective in this film, but that's debatable. Maybe it was just a really great way to, to double the tension in, in, in its own way. Yeah. So what would you give this out of, uh, out of five stars? Ooh. In the end, I mean... I would say a three. I'd go three okay. out of five. Okay. Um, and why? Because it's so cliche. There's, there's really no surprises. There's nothing new that you really get to see. Um, and really the fact that all these women have finally, and I'll use air quotes on finally that all these women have a kick-ass heroine, wonder woman, who's been an icon for 40 years or whatever, um, for, for women to have just a badass action hero. And that's amazing. But I think it speaks more to the, the lack of other, kick-ass female heroines and to some degree i think hollywood is trying you see a lot of movies coming up i think Charlize theron has a has a 
big action movie coming up. Um, but they all seem to lack something that Wonder Woman has given you. Um, I guess, for one, she's a Wonder Woman. Um, she doesn't need anybody. But there's other heroines. I think back to you know Ellen Ripley and Alien and Aliens, mm-hmm. um, who... Yeah. And we'll tackle those movies in a later in a later podcast. But uh, she's an incredible female heroine who doesn't need men. In fact, is trying to help. And that's the that's the great thing about this message is that it's not that you're better. You're just saying you're equal to at a, at least. And in a lot of situations, you are better than. Um, there yeah. are always going to be things that. Uh, one person can do better than anyone else and it's gender aside. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's a really great message. And in a lot of ways, I love that she had a a team of men around her so that we could see that contrast that a woman can in war be uh, an amazing hero. But I think there's just such a lack of other amazing heroic characters to rally around. Cause even I think my most recent favorite heroic female was uh, Furiosa and Mad Max, that's her movie. She is completely, it should be called Furiosia instead of Mad Max to Fury Road. Um, And it's, it's ironic because it's her vehicle, Uh you know, even though the movie is titled Mad Max, it's a Mad Max vehicle. And it's ironic because in the movie, the vehicle that they use throughout the movie is hers. Right. She's the captain of this. Yeah. I I totally agree with that. Um, Yeah. And yeah, that's her movie. And there's just, yeah. So that's my, that's my issue. So I, I would, I would give this movie like a generous two and a half. Um, and you convinced me the half (laughs) just now. Uh, I want to give it a two, um, but I'll do a two and a half. I I just feel that superhero movies are already hard to sell. Um, and I wanted something a lot more, I wanted like something a lot more real and something, I mean, you can have special effects and be real, you know? Uh, but I wanted something just a little bit more grounded. And, um, I, I was taken out of the movie way too many times by stuff. I was just like, that's ridiculous. Even Mm -hmm. for a superhero, even for superhero male or female or, and I felt like the writing was not good. Um, I could have written that movie and I can't, I don't, I don't know how to write movies. And I just, uh, I was taken out of it too many times. Um, that being said, it is badass to have a woman strong, uh, heroine, uh, in, in films. And we need to have more of those exactly to your point. And that was one of the reasons why I gave it the point five because, um, we need, this is the, hopefully the first of many Yeah. because, um, I want more Ripley's. Absolutely. And I'm glad there's been such a great reception to it because that's also a signal to Hollywood. Go support films that you want to see more of. You don't understand how important that is to signal to Hollywood. When there's a sci-fi movie out, I'm going to go buy a ticket, even if I think I'm going to hate the movie. Because you want more sci-fi. I want more (laughs) sci-fi. And so I'm really happy to support Wonder Woman. Um, And maybe I'll go see it again and kick myself in the head for getting it, you know, so many things wrong. And I just think there's a great dialogue piece that can happen around these kinds of movies um, because it's an important thing to discuss and to understand that feminism doesn't have to be uh, what so many naysayers in America make it out to be. Um, You can still be feminine and a feminist. Yeah, 
Uh, oh yeah. Those are not contradicting concepts. Mm-hmm. And it's all about who you are as an individual and how you want to represent how, what that means to you. Nice. I like, I like how that ended there. Thanks. Feminine and a feminist. I like that. Absolutely. So with that, that kind of wraps up Wonder Woman and on our way out, Todd, do you have any quick recommendations uh, that you think people should check out? There's a new film uh, on Netflix. It's a Netflix original uh, by um, Bong Joon-ho uh, called Okja. I'm not sure if that is the correct pronunciation. It probably is not. It's Okjay. Okjay. No, I have no idea. Uh, oh, yeah, okra. I don't know. <laughs> um, uh, you know, it's called Okja, and I... Th- I haven't I haven't even seen it, but I, the trailer looks fantastic. It looks really, really well done. Um, uh, essentially, from what I get from the trailer, there's this creature, um, this newly created, engineered uh, creature that is supposed to um, be able to help feed the world. There's a there's a you know by by eating it. Oh, you know wow. you have to kill it and mm-hmm. eat it, kind of like cattle, but it's way bigger and and healthier and it's about whatever but this little girl falls in love with it and so it's this team of people trying to save this this creature it's the only one of its kind it looks really like there's a lot to be talked about about it so awesome and he's just a kick-ass director in general oh yeah i've loved a lot of his previous movies like memories of murder is probably my favorite Mm. um Anyway, my quick recommendation for the week is keeping on topic with feminism. I think there is an amazing writer and actress out there. Her name is Britt Marling. If you haven't seen The OA, you should definitely check that out. Oh, yeah. Um, I think a lot of you probably have. And so my recommendation is actually for Sound of My Voice. I haven't actually seen that. It's a surprisingly – it'll surprise you in a lot of ways. It's effectively about a cult and to – I can't even remember. It's been so long since I watched it, but two people infiltrate this cult in order to understand and maybe mm. shine a light on it. And that's written by her. And I think she, I think her partner, uh, Zal, and I cannot pronounce his last name, um, but they are terrific. And she is an incredible actress that I think should definitely be admired and, and given your eyeballs. So next week we're going to be doing interstellar. Oh man. Love. It's my I, I cannot wait for the next week. It's going to be good. Guys, tune in if you just want to hear us fall in love with, with film. It's great. Yep. Um, so watch that, and that way you can be in on the conversation. Um, and don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to comment and call us uh, morons, but please don't call us morons. I'm super freaking sensitive. Um, <laughs> he really is. Respectful disagreement. You can call me a moron. I don't care. Yeah, you got booed. You have no. Uh, yeah, this is nothing. You have like, nowhere, nowhere else to go but up. <laughs> but you can uh, write and comment on this episode at the podcast, thepestlepodcast.com slash Wonder Woman. Boom. And with that, we will end with a movie quote. So uh, this week's quote is uh, Life is like a movie. Write your own ending. Keep believing. Keep pretending. Jim Henson the master yes thank you for joining us this is todd this is wes signing off go watch some movies guys Mm -hmm.